0: This episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies was brought to you by longtime Patreon supporters like Greg Bench, Trey Whetstone, Amy Swan, Joel Robertson, and Kevin Corby, and new patrons like Billy D. Stick around for an extended shout-out at the end. Now on to the episode.
1: Welcome to another episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I'm your co-host, the Father, aka Pastor Matt, and I am joined as always by my trusty sidekick,
0: jackson the sun and i'm back first of all and second of all i'm excited about this episode because unlike with the oscars this year you didn't need to attend Cannes film festival to watch these nominees you just need a good old Tubi tv <laughs> bill you mean bill van vagel tv yeah oh right right, right. that's I, I i was using it's little known aka i should have oh, referred to it so people would know what i'm talking about i should have called it bill van vagel tv
1: Yes, we we all know that Bill Van Vagel wants, you know, uh, several things. He wants his loving family to mm-hmm. be safe. Yeah. He wants to be on every single podcast in existence. Of course. And he wants to obviously be the spokesperson
0: for 2B TV. Yeah, that's not too much to ask. No. I think I think he yeah yeah, he and he's already he's already covering that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. his his life's work is is done basically. Well, it has been a while, buddy. It's been over a month since we recorded. It has, yes. It's um, felt like an eternity.
1: <laughs> um, you have not been feeling that well. You want to, A lot of people have been asking about how you're
0: doing. You want to give everybody an update? I have, yes. I've been under the weather, so to speak. Or uh, maybe more accurately, the weather has been crushing me uh, under under an immense weight. But uh, but yeah, I've been nursing myself uh, back to health with classic horror movies, and uh, and and twit and horror Twitter uh, has been keeping me afloat. <laughs> well, Twitter and, is a horror, but anyway. Yeah, right, right. right. I, I guess that was a little, a little redundant. But uh, yeah, but I, I'm I'm back in action. I appreciate all the well wishes. I don't think I would have recovered as quickly without them. Um, so it was nice to know that people were thinking of me and, and, uh, hotly awaiting our, our next episode. Um, I, I like to think that that's because of my charm. They were missing my charm, but it was probably just because they wanted to be involved in the, the nominees here, which I understand. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. This is a great list we've compiled here. Um, and, uh, really interested to see what, what people choose because it, it was a I think most people can agree that it wasn't as far as uh, years for horror go. It wasn't like a 2018, right? It wasn't, right. wasn't that. that. But looking at this list, we had a lot of of gems in there. And um, and I know that the Academy kind of let us down this year. I mean, the closest yep. thing we have is Nightmare Alley in the Best Picture category. But of course, that was going to be nominated for Best Picture. And that's only marginally related to horror. Yeah. Um, I know that Last Night in Soho got nominated at the BAFTAs. Um, but not the Academy as far as I know. It's up for Best British Film and Best Sound at the BAFTA. So yeah. fingers crossed it wins those, and the Critics' Choice Award Awards is the same day. So I think we have a few horror movies there, too. But the Academy really let us down this year. Um, and, uh, I mean, they're great movies. I, I, don't get me wrong, great movies, but nothing even touching horror, which it really isn't rare, uh, unfortunately. But, well, uh, when gonna we go,
1: we go through our list, maybe we should start talking about some of the ones that we thought – you know, should have gotten some Oscar. Yeah. You know, when we go once we go through the list and look, I can't believe that. You know, because you know we're not trying to influence the voting. We'll talk about that here in a second. But our yeah. our voters are pretty opinionated. They're not, they're going to do what they're going to do. And, right. Um, and we should say this is uh, officially episode ninety nine.
0: Yes, we're we're nearing that big milestone. It's kind of daunting. Um, and uh, I just want to say really quick. Just on that uh, on that comment, yeah, uh, there a lot of these like uh, we enjoy these movies that are on this list, but a lot of them are like if you're not a horror fan, you're probably not going to be interested in watching these. But some of these are like these movies, regardless of if you're a horror fan or not, you should you should appreciate them as films, right? And they should yes. be nominated at the Academy. So that's what I'm really interested in getting to the root of is like okay, even though these are horror movies, these are still great films, so they should have been at the Academy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, because a lot of these are of a different pedigree, um, because there are, there are ones I love, like there are horror movies I love, like I'm going to spoil it right now. Malignant is on this list somewhere, but I don't think that should be nominated for an Oscar. However, there are some, <laughs> there are some, there are some real, there's some quality films on this list too. So, yeah, I mean, let's face it. Malignant is for horror fans only. Really. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I – yeah, James Wan knew that. I mean he wasn't – Whereas like, anybody who, who just
0: appreciates great filmmaking could love Last Night in Soho. Right, exactly. And and we see – I mean it's nominated for two BAFTAs, but again, America, we're not as appreciative of, of horror I guess. Um so yeah, I'm excited for this, and and like you said, yeah, we're nearing episode 100. We have a, we have a something big planned for episode 100, um, which I'm excited about. Maybe we'll talk about that more at the end. But uh, yeah, that's that's all. That's crazy that we're nearing that milestone. It feels like just yesterday I was sitting across from you uh, in your living room, and we were recording our top 10 of, of 2018 or or 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, 2018. Af- yeah. Af- after after re- one. After rewatching watching uh, Stranger's Prayer at Night. Uh, so, yeah, it just feels like yesterday that we did that. And I remember watching all of those terrible Children of the Corn movies. Uh, <laughs> I was diving right in. You know, I was so dedicated to this podcast right away. I watched like nine Children of the Corn movies. Cannot believe I did that. Um, but uh, yeah, and we still can't get over the fact that this couple at the end
1: of Children of the Corn, and yes, we are a spoiler podcast, yeah. are driving away with these kids and they're smiling, and we're pretty sure there's a rotted corpse in their trunk.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they don't smell it. It's, it's you know, it's the, 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 the kid. They have some kind of magic, I guess, that makes you not smell dead bodies. The corn <laughs> is so overpowering. The manure. <laughs> Uh, I guess. Yeah. So, oh, man, that feels like just yesterday. But uh, yeah, now we're nearing episode 100. We're on episode 99 now. And uh, I'm excited to talk about this because it feels like we've made a lot of progress, but it also feels like we're we're basically just back where we were. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, I'm 49 and I still haven't matured. Um, So as you probably guessed, uh, this episode, we're announcing our annual horror Oscar nominations. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what they're listening to because it's in the title when they click on it. But we did. We debated a little bit um, whether to stick with the traditional Oscar categories, and we don't use all of them, and we don't – and we added, like, one, especially, like, best kills. Mm. Um, we debated, should we just throw out, like, the dividing actor and actress yeah. and just have best lead and best supporting? Yeah. Fangoria did that this year, I think, for the first time. And we almost did it. We decided to stick with the, the traditional categories for this year. But, you know, when we were messaging back and forth, I was like, you know, I, it's not a woke thing. It's just what's the difference? I mean, we don't have a best female editor and best male editor. Yeah. I mean, it's just we don't have a best female director, or best male director. It's just the performances, you know, or what the, their job is. So that may change, but um, – for this episode that's what we're doing um now here's what we do we announce the nominations which jackson and i put together and i submit to him a list for his approval um from various top 10 lists uh, people we respect and also the fangoria chainsaw awards rotten tomatoes you know all that kind of stuff uh, articles from uh dread central and bloody disgusting and that's how this is all put together and then once we put it together and we announce these as we're about to then it's our supporters over at patreon that vote and jackson every couple days will put up a new category and they'll vote and so that's you know we
0: so the patreon supporters they know the winners pretty much if they look at the page but nobody else does right yeah. And here's the deal. I mean, with the Patreon things last time we did the, the horror Oscars, it would change last minute. We would get yeah. like one more in. So that that added an element of surprise to it, because even though I made the poll and I was checking it regularly, When we go to record and we look at that, you know, last minute somebody's voted on it and and added one. And and another thing is, there's also an element of um, if we get a tie on the Patreon and it looks like it's going to be a tie, we've gotten all the votes we're going to get. We usually go to Twitter uh, with that tie to get that tiebreaker. And sometimes it'll tie on Twitter too, and we'll need to go elsewhere for a tiebreaker. The
1: Facebook group and yeah. yeah,
0: So it it, you know it really. it, it's down to the wire on these. And and unlike with uh, the Academy, where everybody kind of votes at once, they bring them all together, they collect them at once, this is happening in real time. Um, Right. So it's, it, you know, it's really until we record that episode with the winners, uh, we're not going to be sure uh, what, what the deal is. So I, I like that. I think that's fun. And I just want to say really quick, I know we're, we're dallying a lot before we get into the list, but once we get into the list, you know, and we're in the thick of it, it's pretty much just going to be that. But I want to say um, with the actor and actress divisions, I, I honestly, I really like the the Fangoria, like best lead actor, best supporting actor or best performance. Um, but for me, like, I feel like it gives more, uh, more female actors, like, Room to be nominated, you know what I mean? Because I feel like there's you're a not gender... saying
1: that Hollywood is secretly sexist. No, party.
0: I would never say that. But there's a clear gender bias. Uh, whenever we like, when there's a Best Director category, you notice it's mostly dudes. Uh, it's like if we had a female director category, we would get more representation. I feel like, but that's that's you know, it's tradition and one of the reasons we're hanging on to the Best Actress, Best Actor thing. Even though I don't really like the term actress, I I I'd call uh, female actors you know just actors but it it does you know give a voice more to even though this year we had more like famous and more well-recognized uh actresses than actors really in performances i mean we we really had to dig to think of like five best actor uh nominations there were
1: i i guarantee you that especially in the lead performance category you know we would have had let's say like fangoria they have like 10 yeah 10 nominees it would have been like eight to two women yeah
0: yeah no kidding so yeah so this time the the gendered categories are protecting the guys you know because like if we didn't have that it would it would mostly be it would mostly be the ladies this year but uh yeah so that's uh, that's just my little my, my two cents on that so that's why we've kept that but next year that that could change because it seems like that's the way things are going and i actually honestly uh don't disagree with that categorization but Uh, I'm excited to jump in. You've got the first category here, Yeah, um, and why don't you go ahead and announce the nominees? All right. So for Best Editing in a
1: Horror Film from 2021, the nominees are The Boy Behind the Door, Candyman, Fear Street, 1978, Last Night in Soho, A Quiet Place, Part 2, there you go. All very tight films,
0: right? Yeah. Very absolutely excellent. Yeah, and that those are those are ones I'll I, again. I haven't seen the Fierce Street trilogy, but I've heard from a lot of people that 78 is the the tightest and the best of the yep. of the three. I know that you have a soft spot for 1666. I know that you. Yes um really like the third one but i think you un- pretty much universally the second one is considered the tightest out of them um so yeah definitely agree with that and the quiet place part two absolutely the editing in the quiet place movies in general um is so tight boy the boy behind the door i've i voiced this on my uh, on our top 10 list it didn't even make my honorable mentions i don't think i, I enjoyed the movie uh, I liked the 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 kid performances in it. I didn't love the movie in general, but I can't agree that it was it was edited really well. Uh, it's it's hard to create suspense, um, and it sustains
1: suspense. It does they do a very suspense. good job, and it doesn't overstep. It's uh, you know it doesn't
0: overstay. It's welcome, yeah. and it's just I thought it was really tight, and so that's why it's in there. And here's what I'll say. I mean, we see the runtime, right? It's like there's that scene at the beginning, which I love that scene with the kid and the guy in the kitchen. Yeah, right and we see that there's still an hour 20 left in the movie So we know that nothing's gonna happen to that kid, you know in that scene right then But the way it's edited keeps that tension high and that's a that's except for like in that third act at the very very end That's the most tense it gets in the movie. So just through the editing um, And the performances it's it just really uh, keeps you on the edge of your seat there. So yeah, I definitely agree with that um, And I'm excited to see what people think Uh Editing, you know, that's uh, editing is something I do a lot of. I edit this this podcast now, um, but editing YouTube videos and everything, it's a lot harder than people realize. I think people don't realize how much of the movie comes down to editing, because think about what you have when you film the movie. You have three hours of raw footage, maybe more like ten actually. You have ten hours of raw footage, um, and it's up to you and the director uh, to whittle that down and make the movie. Essentially, you're just. It's it's like if you're given you know a bunch of a but just just nonsense essentially, and you have to form it into an actual thing, a viable thing. So that's that's what editing does. Uh, I think it's underappreciated, and uh, those movies you know really show that uh, it it's what makes it Well,
1: make- and and something for you to keep in mind. I mean, just remember, you know, when you're trying to make yourself uh, get yourself in as a director, a good editor is always working, and nobody blames the editor if it flops. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yep, that's true yeah
1: oh man so you're the musician you play in bands do you
0: want to handle mm-hmm. this next category i would love to the nominees for best score in a horror movie in 2021 are Candyman man by robert ikey aubrey lowe halloween kills by john carpenter cody carpenter and daniel davies last night in soho by stephen price and the night house by ben lovett yeah solid great list i agree with that awesome to see first of all john carpenter on halloween kills with his son cody carpenter yeah i love that there's father and son uh, uh, working in horror there you go and daniel davies who is the son of ray davies from the kinks Um, i didn't know that yeah so that's him that's him on guitar with the, the the bow on the guitar uh making that awesome sound and and, uh, yeah, he worked on Halloween 2018, too, with, with John Carpenter. So that's, yeah. And I, I've, listen, I've, I've grown to appreciate Halloween Kill since their initial uh, mm-hmm. review of it. I think, uh, you know, uh, Joel and Raul ro- uh, won me over uh, on that one. And, uh, yeah, so Halloween Kills great score, as always. I mean, it's John Carpenter. You can't go wrong. Uh, Candyman, I absolutely agree. I, I love Candyman. I know you love, love Candyman. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm more in the, I, I gave it like a 7 out of 10. But um, the score, especially Gosh. that opening credit score, so great, so haunting. Uh, and they somehow managed, because that Philip Glass score from the original is so iconic. Yeah. It'd be hard to top. And they did their own thing with it. You know, they went with a more minimalist kind of uh, sound to it and they did a great job. I mean, it's just absolutely haunting. I love the shots of like when they're going through the hallways, you know, that apartment complex and it's all white on the walls and the score is going just fantastic. Um, so that's a great score. Last Night in Soho had a great score as well. It's got that swingy, you know, that swingy 60s mm-hmm. uh, vibe to it. But I love that. Um, Yeah. So and and then The Nighthouse, really haunting score. I mean, just a menacing. It sounds like the score wants to kill you the entire time. Just like (laughs) hate breathing down your neck. So, yeah, this is this is a this is a great list. And I I don't want to I don't want to influence in any way, but I will say that uh, for all these. And I guess this is this is not this is not really biased. It's just a fact uh for all of these i guess except for halloween kills they had to invent their own thing right do you know how hard it is to write music to come up with a new motif just something like new and have it stick in your head that is so difficult um so i really appreciate these four individuals um and John Carpenter, of course, like, even though he's, you know, basically, he's taking his old scores and kind of reinventing them. That takes a lot of talent, too. And, and I know he did new tracks as well for Hollywood Kills. Yeah. Soundtrack. So, yeah, this is a great list. All right. So we're
1: moving on to Best Cinematography in a Horror Film from 2021. And our nominees are Candyman, Last Night in Soho, The Night House, A Quiet Place Part Two,
0: and Titan. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, this is, yeah, That's those are the best shot movies of the year, definitely. Um, and you know how I feel about Titane. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I know how you feel about Titane. Yeah. Um,
1: we couldn't deny that it was a well-made movie, it, even though really it just wasn't our
0: cup of tea. Yeah, it looked slick. It looked slick. Um, it looked fantastic. I mean, the lighting and, and cinematography was was great. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'll say about Titane. Um, but and I, I, you know, I, I, I was a fan of, of, uh, the director's work before that. I lo- I liked Raw a lot. I know you didn't care for Raw as, Raw as much as I did, but that's a good looking movie same, too.
1: It was same. It just wasn't my cup of tea. It just grossed me out.
0: Yeah, sure. I
1: don't, I don't want to be sitting here with a slice of pizza and some popcorn no. and, just, and start gagging in a movie and both Titan and Raw, you know, it, it just, uh, and Titan, just, you know, you and I have had this discussion. I have a hard time getting into a movie where there's not really any likable characters. No. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, occasionally they can pull it off, but, like, the protagonist or, an- or main antagonist, I don't know what you would call her in Titan, not a
0: good person. No. No, definitely not. She's not even an antihero. She's just a villain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's – I mean that's yeah I know what you mean and you, when I w- there are some movies that I like where the main characters aren't good people but they're usually like charming they' it's usually like the always sunny in Philadelphia type thing <laughs> they're terrible people but they're entertaining with Titan well or even just, like you know the you usual
1: suspects
0: or right, exactly. you know, something like that I can I can get on board with
1: that but you know I don't know it is the French extreme thing has never been like i said my cup of tea i'm not you know it's just like the original inside and um i i think it's a very 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 well made film yeah i know how you feel about climax also yes exactly so it's just that's that's just me but it's well made that's why it's there for best cinematography so buddy why don't you take the category that i know that probably most of our patreon supporters are going to be
0: scrolling to first or waiting for first Best kills. Yes, best kills. This is uh, one that the Fangoria All Awards did. Also, I, I think our list is a little different, but uh, yeah, I'm excited about this. And best Kills, This is this is interpretable, right? I mean, this is what it depends on the kill, right? And we're just we're just leaving right. that up to your uh, your discretion. Uh, what kill are you thinking of when we say the name of this movie? All right. The best kills for horror movies in 2020 2021 were. Candyman, Fear Street 1978, Halloween Kills, The Last Matinee, and Wrong Turn. Yeah, I can't wait to see what people say there. Yeah. That's because gonna be a fun one. When I said the names of those movies, I was thinking of different kills. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, that, that's going to be interesting. Cause there's some that I feel like on that list where it's like some had, there were some great, really memorable kills and some less memorable ones. And mm-hmm. then there were some movies where I was like, Oh, every kill was a banger in that one. Everyone was great. Oh,
1: well, so, Halloween
0: kills. How many can you name? I mean, the scene exactly. with the
1: biracial couple.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that was so sad. Uh-huh. And, yeah. The, uh, and this Big John and Little John. Yeah. And, and the scene in the park. And I'll just say the scene in the park. I won't, that's I won't all go you into... need to say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh-huh. that's and then Wrong Turn. That was one that that made my honorable mentions. And uh, yeah, that man, those that was brutal all the way through. I mean, it got a slow start, but once it got going, man, Wrong Turn was brutal. And then of course Candyman. I know how you feel about Candyman. Uh, again. Uh, haven't seen the fear street movies that's high on my list this week i'm seeing just just say so, just say so you no know, because i was out of commission for a while i wasn't able to go to the theater but this week i'm seeing scream i'm seeing the batman which is kind of more horror jason i would say maybe not even that uh and i'm going to see the new texas chainsaw movie on netflix so i got a lot on my plate but fear street is definitely high on the the priorities list but you got a busy
1: week coming up but then you got spring break so maybe yeah. you'll have some time I'm while you're lounging around movies. in the evening, you know, and definitely um, movies. Yeah. So. All right. Can't wait to hear what the Patreon supporters pick there. I think, you know, where my pick is going. Yeah, uh, maybe not because I actually I'm
0: kind of torn between two of them, but I know you are. But I know it's two. So that that tells you. Yeah. That tells me, Yeah. So I but man, I love I was listening to the horror movie podcast
1: um, the other day and um, Dave and Josh were breaking down their top ten. And um, and Dave put it this way. He said that um, he he said Fear Street uh, 1994 is is like an homage to scream. Yeah. Fear Street, like 1666 is like an homage, like a hammer film. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Fear Street 1978 is straight up an homage to Friday 13th. Yeah. So that should tell you. So you can just kind of watch, and you know, you you know what to expect when you're going in. But you you should definitely check out the trilogy. They're all fun. Uh, the first one, 1994, starts
0: somewhat slow. There are a few incidents and stuff, but man, when it gets going, it gets going. All right. Yeah, I started Fear Street in 1994 and uh, just never finished it. But I'm I'm definitely curious, and I feel like I'm missing out. I've got I've got. Uh, major FOMO on the Fair Street franchise. So (laughs) I'll have to fill in my gaps. And definitely Spring Break is going to be filled with horror movies. Great. Well,
1: our next category is Best Screenplay. And so something you've been dealing with.
0: I know you've been analyzing screenplays for your – for your film yes. class
1: this semester,
0: yeah, I had to read the the screenplay. the 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 We weren't supposed to know what it was, but uh, I, the 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 actions in the script kind of clued me off that I, I was reading the the say anything script. So I had to analyze that for my film well, class.
1: You know, your professor was thinking these young whippersnappers, yeah, these Gen Y, they Gen don't know, Z,
0: they don't they know who don't John know Cusack is.
1: They don't know any movies from the 1980s. Yeah, and you're sitting there looking at him or him or her going. Oh, you don't know what family I was raised in.
0: You <laughs> don't know me. Yeah, exactly. So I've seen a lot of screenplays recently. I know a good one when I see it. And I think this, this list is, uh, is solid. So we start with Candyman, Nia DeCosta,
1: Jordan Peele. Yes, can't wait for Nope. And <laughs> Wynn Rosenfeld, Censor, Prano Bailey Bond and Anthony Fletcher, Last Night in Soho, Christy Wilson Cairns and Edgar Wright, A Quiet Place Part Two, John Krasinski, and Wrong Turn by Alan McElroy. I especially, you know, I, all of these are great. I don't know which one I'm going to end up voting on. I will tell you because it's, it's I'm struggling here again with a couple of them. I, you could probably guess. Um, yeah. But one of them, I really respect screenplays and horror that go there and do something that you just don't expect. And so I really, think that Alan McElroy with wrong turn, given what that series has been. And I'm telling you right now, like Jackson said, the, the new wrong
0: turn takes a little while, but stick with it and definitely stick to the end scene. Yeah, that last shot is is absolutely fantastic, and it takes it takes a lot of guts to, to kind of go against what the series was and kind of reinvent it uh, with something that's so established. Um, but he did it and uh, did it well, and I think it has been received pretty positively by fans of the series. So um, I'm glad that he took a risk there. And the wrong turn uh, script is great, but I I pretty much know which ones you're struggling with here. Uh, I I will say really quickly, sensor is one that not a lot of people are talking about. I mean, I know that people in the horror community are talking about it, but in the film community at large. Now, I didn't love censor, especially like the third act, I think was a little, a little convoluted. But as far as the dialogue goes and making you feel like it's actually a period film, I think censor did a fantastic job. um, Because that the, the first and second act are so steeped in mystery um, and that you right. have so little to go on, right? It's not like something where it's kind of feeding you the information. It is so ambiguous what is going on, like what the actual mystery is. Um, we get so little information, but we're still somehow reeled in by that. Um, so I think that, that they did a great job uh, on the censor script. But I, I know it's to your thinking of, uh, but I will say really, really quickly also, A Quiet Place Part 2, not easy to write a script to something as like, I mean, this was such a anticipated movie um, because *A Quiet Place* Part One was was received so well. Not e- not easy to make a script of something like that and and uh, have people enjoy it as much as people enjoyed *A Quiet well, Place* Part the, Two. Well, the opening scene alone, which is kind of the right. prequel part of it, is so well done. Yeah, and and I mean, I mean, think about uh, and this is a spoiler podcast. Uh, be, having to write a script where one of your main characters. And the character that a lot of people went to go see the movie for is dead, and yeah. now we're starting afresh, basically. That's really challenging. But John John Krasinski did it. I think he pulled it off, and he made a great sequel. Um, so that's really commendable. But, it, but you know, Last Night in Soho and Candyman, those are on – those are a whole different pedigree, and I know that you're struggling with those. So. Um, yeah. Definitely going to be interesting to see what pulls ahead in this category because there's so many good choices. But, uh, yeah, this is a great list. So why don't you take Best Actress in a Supporting Role? All right. Best, best Actress in a Supporting Role for a Horror Movie in 2021. We have some great ones here. Jennifer Ale, St. Maude, Diana Rigg from Last Night in Soho, Millicent Simmons in A Quiet Place Part Two, Ingrid Sophie Strom. Uh, my Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To, and Anya Taylor-Joy for Last Night in Soho. Great list. Um, that, man, that's, I mean, those are those are supporting actress roles. Yeah. And holy crap, that is, that is is a— What they just, all do, like, even just in a very short—I'd
1: i, I I'd like to know the screen time Diana Rigg has in Last Night in Soho. Yeah. But, man, does she make
0: it stick yes absolutely and, and a final performance for her as well right yeah yeah final one but what a way to go out because she really turned in a great one there and you know how I feel about Jennifer Ale and and, uh, and, and St. Maud. Uh, I think that Amanda was the, the best character in that movie it's so interesting her relationship with Maude um, I think that was she turned in a really great performance there. Millicent Simmons, Shark plays part two. I mean, she was great in the first one. She's great in in the second one as well. So awesome to see uh, deaf actresses like actually pre- portraying deaf characters yeah. uh, and doing a great job with it. And um, and yeah, Anya Taylor Joy for Last Night in Soho was uh, fantastic. Um, a mostly silent character, you know, in a lot of the, in a lot of the scenes, but she can so much. Um, got a great look to her. Um, and I haven't seen My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. That's another one on my watch list, but you were raving about it. So I'm um, yep. definitely it's interested uh, to to see that.
1: It's good. So now we move to Best Actor in a Supporting Role in a Horror Film from 2021. We've got Roman Griffin from Silent Night. Vincent Linden from Titane. Bill Sage from Wrong Turn. And I'm going to butcher this next one. Matthias Schwerhofer, Army of the Dead, and Jeremy Thomas from Antlers. I don't know if you've seen Antlers yet. I haven't seen Antlers.
0: No, okay. um, big regret of mine. I know Jeremy Thomas Dead is great it. in it.
1: Yeah, it, it's not a bad film. I was disappointed, but I had probably had too high of hopes. Mm-hmm. I would probably give it like a six out of ten. Sure. It's worth watching. Uh, there's some things that I think there's some things that are problematic. But Jeremy Thomas, I thought, was a standout in it. I thought he was very good. I love personally Bill Sage uh, in Wrong Turn as the cult leader.
0: Yeah. Oh, he was fantastic. And yep. again, the end scene, um, just absolutely chilling. Um, so, yeah, Bill Sage was fantastic. Vincent Linden, and again, we've railed on Titan, but he was also – I assume he was a firefighter dad. Um, fact, yeah, but it's just, but yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say we've railed on it. We've just said, you know, just not, not our cup of tea. And I think,
1: I think Wolfman said the same thing Yeah. Um, on P, If I remember, he said, eh, he said, yeah, it's good. It's just not, it's just not something I'll ever watch
0: again. Cause it's just not, not right. what I like. But he was awesome in that movie. I thought he did a really great job. Uh, really sympathetic character, um, Definitely, we you know we relate more to him than than the main character. But uh, yeah, he did a great job with that. Really, really felt his character. Now I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen Army of the Dead. Uh, I know that's the new Zack Snyder yep. um, thing, and I haven't seen Silent Night. <laughs> so I've only <laughs> seen two of the ones on this list, but. Um, I've heard people raving about it. I feel so bad. Um, but, uh, but man, the two, the two that are on here, I mean, if the, everyone is to the quality of Bill Sage and Vincent Linden, uh, then I know this is a, this is a great list and, uh, Silent Night, I think you would like, um, I think you should eventually
1: check it out when it, like Army of the Dead, Matthias is very good in
0: it. I enjoyed it. It's way too long. Yeah, it's sure. way, way too. I've found that to be the case with Zack Snyder in general. It's just very indulgent. Um, but, but you know, he uh, wasn't that way when he did Dawn of the Dead. I think no. he was a better filmmaker when he was a little tighter. Yeah, yeah, I think that. Uh, well, I think that probably getting the, his Snyder cut and being able to make a four hour long Justice League movie probably made him think, why can't I do that with every movie? And how much uh, of those four hours was just slow motion? Um, Yeah, probably. Yeah, it was probably (laughs) half of it. But uh, I won't get into that because I know that Zack Snyder fans are crazy. They'll crucify us. So um, but uh, I I will just say that the two that I've seen on this list turned in amazing performances. Um, And just like with the best actress category, I mean, the supporting roles kind of steal the scene whenever they're in it. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and run with best actress in a lead role in a horror film? All right, Best Actress in a Lead Role: Neam Olgar and Censor, Morphid Clark and Saint and Saint Maud, Barbara Crampton and Jacob's Wife, Rebecca Hall in The Nighthouse, and Thomas and McKenzie in Last Night in Soho. Boy, Fantastic this list, list was. Oh man, this was yeah. tough to trim down. How do you I, narrow that down? I mean, there's we, we saw so many good ones. Uh, uh, well,
1: you've got the lead actress from uh, Titan, uh, yeah, which I well I know true. a lot of people are going to be screaming, why isn't, you know. She in there, and my, yeah. or you know the actress from *Malignant*. And it was like, guys, yep. look at this list. I mean, these these are top notch performances, and it's just, it's like we said, if we'd had just a best lead, it would have been eight women and two dudes. Yep. It was
0: Absolutely. just that kind
1: of year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was just tough. So uh, let, me just, okay, okay, let me just okay. Let me let me break it down. I'm going to say, first of all, Rebecca Hall. We've already you know, praised her. Oh, So, I mean, just a fantastic, really carried the movie with her performance. Yep. It was just fantastic. I mean, I liked the screenplay, like the score. The score was nominated earlier, but, you know, without her, I think the movie would have really suffered. Um, Thomas and McKenzie. I liked her in Jojo Rabbit. But I think this is where she really came into her own. This is, this is really where she, where she blew me away, I think for the first time. So Thompson McKenzie was fantastic. Barbara Crampton and Jacob's wife. So funny and charming. And I'm so glad that she's, you know, back to horror and style. I know she was in your next, Mm -hmm. but this is, you know, this is her movie, right? This isn't, uh, this is, this is, you know, she is, she is Jacob's wife. So, uh, yeah, I, I think she did a great job in that movie. I, I didn't love Jacob's wife, but she was definitely, uh, one of the best parts of that. I think the two didn't hate it though, either. No, I didn't. Uh, and the two leads in that movie were fantastic. I love the relationship. Um, so yeah, I think that she did a great job in that St. Maud. I've already talked about how much I love St. Maud, and Maud in that movie was so great, especially when she's interacting with Amanda, um, And then censor. Like I said, those first two acts of censor are so good, Um, and and she really carries it. I mean, she just keeps us on edge. I love the scene where she visits the video store to like get the bottom, you know, the behind the 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 counter uh, video nasties. And when she's investigating, I love the scenes when she's doing when she's censoring. You know, when she's watching the movies, she does a great Mm -hmm. job with that um and uh, they really nailed her look also in that just the most 80s british look ever um so yeah this is a great list i've I've seen all the ones on this uh here and i can attest to their quality again yeah titane great performance titane great performance and malignant but i think these just edged them out and we had to fit you know just five on here unfortunately but man great list um and uh Absolutely. This is, you know, when it comes down to between actor and actresses, I'm looking at the list now. And that's going to let you know the actresses really blow blow uh, the guys out of the water this year. Oh, for sure.
1: So let's talk about best actor in a lead role of a horror film from twenty twenty one. We've got Lonnie Chavis, the boy behind the door. Larry Fessenden, Jacob's wife. Yahi Abdul-Mateen, the second candy Chillian Murphy, A Quiet
0: Place Part Two, and Chris Sheffield from Block Island Sound. Yeah. Great list. And Lonnie Chavis, man, this is a you know, a child actor. And he killed it. He's 14 years Brilliant. old. He was 13 when they filmed the movie. Absolutely killed it and the boy behind the door. I was surprised that he could carry the whole movie um So that that's awesome. Larry Fessenden, I think we both agreed, was amazing and I think life. this is his best role I've ever seen him in. Sure. Yeah, he was so good. I love that dinner scene with him. You know, he's out with his wife at dinner. Yeah. He's he's fantastic. And then the scene where he discovers. You know, he walks into the kitchen. That was yep. a great scene. So yeah, and he's just great throughout. Um, I love the idea of this this reverend who's just caught up in this vampire plot. Um, it's so funny um, because he's basically he's the character in Fright Night, right? He's the kid in Fright Night, except he's this <laughs> middle aged reverend, which is so funny. Yahya uh, Ab- Yaya uh, Abdul Mateen, holy crap! And and Candyman. I mean, we've know we've known that he's great, but this is this is really yeah, a he great was novel. he was Black Mantis. He was in yeah. He played uh, Bobby Seal
1: in the sh- trial of the Chicago Seven last year, and yeah. he was great in it. He's a really talented, but man, I, I I just I was blown away by his performance in Candyman. I thought it was so
0: good and and so charming. I mean, I've seen interviews of him talking about Candyman, so charming, such a great like likable guy, uh, and I hope he gets a lot more work because he was fantastic in Candyman. I th- I think people are you know they are picking up on his talent, and uh, I think he's going places definitely. Um, And then and then Killian Murphy, you know, like I love Killian Murphy. Twenty eight days later is is both. You know, we love that movie. Both of us. Um, And he's a scarecrow. Yeah, he's a scarecrow. Great to see him back in horror. Um, I think he does a great job in this um, kind of as a hard to place character exactly where he is. He's kind of shut himself off from everybody else. Um, but uh, he's got that sympathetic backstory and he's kind of filling the role of John Krasinski in this movie, right? He's kind of, he's kind of the father yeah. figure for Millicent Simmons, uh, but he's not quite as close. You know, he's, he's still kind of closed off and I think he does a great job um, in this movie. And then Chris Sheffield, Block Island Sound. I haven't seen Block Island Sound, um, but, uh, but you, I, I assume you've seen it.
1: I've seen it. Yeah. I like it. I didn't love it, but I think he's great in it. Now, the uh, Wolfman champions that movie. He really likes Block Island Sound. Okay. And and I respect his opinion as a seasoned filmmaker that he is. Um, yeah. And But I, the one thing that stood out to me about that film was, was Chris Sheffield's performance.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, well, and there's another also, one for the watch list.
1: Yeah, and he was also nominated for a bunch. Of, I mean, that was one of the uh, performances that Bloody Disgusting and Fangoria both
0: mentioned. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And this is, this is what we've tried to do here is compile like the general consensus on things, right. not just our own. So yeah, that's cool. That's the block. I yeah, sound. There, that's are, there, are,
1: there are movies that'll be in the best picture that I would not have voted for. Sure. I put them here because one, I knew the horror community would howl. And also because yeah. either Fangoria or Bloody Disgusting, or, you know, it, it showed up in a bunch of lists of uh, podcasts we respect Um, whether that's Land of the Creeps or Phantom Galaxy or HMP or or Horror Movie Weekly. So that's where this stuff
0: is coming from. So why don't you, you're the aspiring director, you take best director. All right, best director. Here are the nominees. Nia DaCosta, Candyman. Dad, hold your tongue. I know you're going to say something about that, but we got to move on. We got four more to get through. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Julia Ducourneau for Titane. John Krasinski, A Quiet Place Part 2. James Wan for Malignant. And Edgar Wright, Last Night in Soho. Great list. Um, I know who you're voting for because you love you love breakout directors. I mean, when Jordan oh, Peele made Get Out, that that was all you could talk about. I know you love people bursting onto the scene with a great debut. Um, so that's, that's, I know that's where your mind goes, but, uh, again. Why don't you know that Jordan Peele could have directed this himself? And he chose not to, because he
1: was so impressed with D'Acosta's work. Yeah. And she just like, when he mentioned it to her, she immediately was like, yes, I'll do it. And so yeah. once he saw, he already knew how talented she was and already thought she'd do a great job. But then when she showed, showed so much excitement
0: and was a fan of the original, he was like, well, this is the director. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen this. It's like it's like, uh, like uh, Spielberg with Zemeckis, right? It's the right. it's the a filmmaker taking another filmmaker under their wing and kind of like like you know, or I guess in this case pushing them out of the out of the nest and saying fly, yeah. you know, with Candyman. Um, so yeah, and and she did a great job, but uh, yeah, great list here. James Wan was Malignant, you know, I love James Wan. Everybody loves James Wan, and this is something different for him. Definitely, he's just having fun with this one um And uh, yeah, so I think as far as you know, *Malignant* wouldn't be my pick for best picture, but for best director, I can't I can't argue because James Wan. And this is kind of it, it. serves a double purpose. I mean, we both like *Malignant*, but also this is kind of a legacy type thing. Where sometimes a director will get an award just because they're the you know they're that person. It's like Scorsese with *The Departed*. So *The, the Departed* right. is a great movie, but that that was the one he finally won for. Um, So it's just one of those things because we just love James Wan. Uh, But then, of course, Edgar Wright for Last Night in Soho and Tatane, you know, that's that's, you know, can't argue with that. John Krasinski for A Quiet Place Part Two, who's proving himself. I mean, for the longest time, John Krasinski was just a comedy actor. Right. Um, but proving himself as a really competent director and screenwriter now. So the same way that Jordan Peele did. So that's, that's really exciting. I love to see that. And I found that that's usually the case, right? I mean, if you're really, really funny, you know, about comic timing, you're probably going to be a pretty good director too. Cause if you're an a, a comic actor, you know about timing, you're an actor yourself. So it's going to be easier to work with actors. Um, so I don't know why more, you know, more comedy actors don't, well, I, serious filmmakers. But it's something for you to consider too. Like I know that they've got
1: a theater program where you're at. I mean, Quentin Tarantino started off, you know, in theater. So did Tom Savini. Yeah. Uh, Tarantino started off, you know, acting as well as
0: you know being a stagehand and doing props and all that other kind true. of stuff. So something maybe something to that, right? Yeah. You got to get your foot in the door somehow, right? People start as PAs or whatever. Um, you you start. Yeah, you, you start uh, wherever you can. You find people from yeah. wherever you can, and you'd be surprised sometimes where talent well, comes it, from. Wasn't it uh, James Gunn who started off as a PA for uh, Trauma for Trauma? Yeah, for yeah. boy. Yeah. So and and now he's you know making films that everybody loves. That Suicide Squad movie did so well. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You never know. Um, if somebody if, if somebody's in the film industry, chances are they'd be good at something else. you know what I mean? Like like if they're if they're doing one job, pull them over to something else, see how they do. Um, because that, that seems to be working out uh, for Krasinski and Peel. But uh, yeah, great best directors list. Um, I can't argue with it. All these people have taken risks with their movies, um, and they've delivered something that that I think has a lot of mass appeal. So um, great best directors list. Are you ready for this next category? This is a big one
1: ooh, I'm ready. Why don't you kick it off and we'll just take one a piece. We'll just go okay. rob, and how's that
0: sound? Here we go this is we're we're breaking it down here. best picture twenty twenty one The first nominee is the boy behind the door. Yes and second nominee is candyman. the third nominee fear street sixteen sixty six And then we also have Fear Street, 1978. Fear Street, 1994. We've got all
1: three on there. We Uh, could have cheated like Greg Amortis just said. I'm just saying Fear Street, and all three of them were a time. (laughs) Sure. But, yeah uh they are kind of one movie if you think about it they're
0: almost like a series when you put it together but right but very different here stylistically also very different stylistically which i was impressed with so that'd be kind of a cheat if we just did it all one thing i mean like return of the king you know won a bunch of oscars where the other ones didn't right so i think it's fine to make a distinction when it comes to a trilogy sure next up and we've got
1: 10 of these folks and so we've only done five we're only halfway through Halloween
0: Kills, Evil Dies Tonight. <laughs> of course, Evil Dies. Is that going to be the Blu-ray uh, sub subtitle down there? <laughs> I, I, like have the they... extended, I have the extended cut on Blu-ray.
1: I haven't watched yeah. it yet, because it's been too busy. Have you seen the alternative ending yet? I have not. Kills? I didn't
0: even know there you was can find an alternative it on,
1: ending. You can find it on YouTube. It's only like a minute and a half.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I was just thinking, like, you know how they, they took that Tom Cruise movie, Edge of Tomorrow, and rebranded <laughs> it, Lib Die Repeat? Yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to rebrand Halloween Kills, uh, <laughs> Evil not. Dies Tonight. That'd be funny. Or or maybe they 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 just retrospectively do the Raul uh, suggestion where they retitle Halloween 2018. I think that, that'd be the better call. Um, maybe, maybe when they make like a big box set of the modern Halloween movies, they'll do that. Uh, next nominee, Last Night in Soho. And, and I'm sure this will make one of our... Uh, Voters
1: who will go nameless. Very happy, though, it's. It's uh, his name is Joel Um, malignant. Just got to call him out like that, don't you? Well, uh, he would say we were. Was it? It was off mic. Was it when we were recording the Halloween movies, or which one was it where Joel was going on and on about malignant when we had done finished recording?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's he's a big fan of that movie, so yeah, that'll make him happy. Wouldn't be my best picture pick, but again, we're we're trying to pull from uh, we're the, pulling from different sources here, folks. So, yeah. all right, what's next up? Next nominee is The Night House. Yeah, and finally, our final
1: nominee for Best Picture Horror Film 2021, A Quiet Place Part 2.
0: Yeah. So there we have it. So Great Less, lots right. of crowd-pleasers on there, but uh, also a lot of great films, just, just quality films on there as well. So I think we found a good balance there and uh, covered all our bases, hopefully. Uh, I know Titane wasn't in the best picture category, but we, right. we covered it with, with s director and cinematography, so um, hopefully we'll get to best supporting
1: actor, and, yeah. and so, but, yep, uh, I know a lot of people will be upset that Titane wasn't on there. I know that Bill Van Vagel won't like it, that In the Earth wasn't there, but sorry, Bill, it didn't show up on too many people's lists. Ben Wheatley's a great director. I do want to check it out. I'm sure it's good, but it just didn't show up because we were taking our lists— uh, Atlanta the Creep's lists, Horror Movie Weekly's lists, um, Phantom Galaxy's list. But also we were taking into consideration, like we said, Fangoria, Bloody Disgusting, Dread Central, Rotten Tomatoes, all that kind of stuff. So we put all that in there and kind of weighed it, and that's where it came out. So as we said, um, what will happen is as soon as Jackson's done editing this and this drops – then Jackson will begin putting up the categories uh, over on our Patreon page, right, buddy? Yeah. And so every couple of days he'll add a new category leading up to our award show, and he will, you know, uh, put them up. And then you, if you're a Patreon supporter, can vote. If there's a tie, we'll wait to the last weekend before we re- or the weekend we record. If there's a tie, we'll go to Twitter, Facebook page for a tie breaker. So and that will come sometime here in the next, you know, three or four weeks we'll have our show, but you can become a supporter at Patreon. That means you can vote on this for as little as $2 and 50 cents a month. All proceeds go to the son, the aspiring director to help him get through film school. You can always find more from us at, on Twitter at, at father and at father and son And we have a closed Facebook page. Page. So, but before we get to that award show, we'll have our
0: 100th episode. Would you like to talk about that? Yes, I'm very excited about episode 100 uh absolutely crazy that we've done this many because it feels like you know we've just kind of done one a month and for a couple of months maybe we're at episode 25 but no we're at we're at episode 100 which is crazy we've had so many ups and downs some periods of not doing any for two months and some periods of doing multiple a week so (laughs) we've really been been uh, kind of inconsistent here but we made it to 100 um we made it to 100 faster than a lot of podcasts i think it takes some, some podcasts you know you know 10 years to get to 100 sometimes but we we're there already um absolutely insane and uh definitely excited for episode 100 the, the what we're looking at right now and this is kind of a daunting uh topic because this is once this is out there this is out there but we're thinking about our top 10 of all time right uh with a guest possibly we're, this is going to be a big episode we're going to make it an extravaganza but that's you know, that's a daunting task. How do you make a top 10 of all time? I know you've done it, and your yep. list has pretty much stayed the same uh, since Get Out came out. That was the biggest addition. Yep. Yep. Um, but, man, for me, this is going to be really tricky because I'm going to try to deliver something that people aren't expecting. Uh, you know, for the longest time, when you ask people, what is what are, what's Jackson's top 10? They'll be like, oh, you know, Halloween, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm watching a lot of horror movies, so I think my list has changed. I think it will surprise you. Um so and uh, we
1: may ask what we may do and we'll just we'll see how things shake out. Yeah. That we may have a guest or two um and I know that in the email you're probably going to find some people who will send voicemails and stuff like that uh yeah. which we'll try to add on. Um I can't speak to that because uh, that that's on you kid and so that's on you buddy. Um but because you do the editing. Um Yeah. But we'll also try to, once this announces once we're ready and we know when we're recording, because you're getting ready to go on spring break and all kind of stuff. But once we know when we're recording, uh, I will try um, several days before to put it on, like our, our Facebook page. And so if you can't be a guest, if you can't, you know leave a voicemail, that's okay. You know we're not looking to do a five hour land of the creeps. That's um, mm-hmm. only the only reason we don't do voicemails is we're, We, you know, we have decided we just don't have the stamina
0: those guys have to do this like every two weeks, right? No, yeah, definitely (laughs) not. Um, Yeah, so we would we would have a a stockpile of of episodes, and I don't even know the logistics of how they do that, how they play them live on the air. I don't know if Greg just puts his phone up to the microphone or or how he does it, but uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. And I, you know. open it up. I'm definitely interested to see what people have to say for their top 10. One of my favorite parts of other podcasts, and we've we're already talked about Land of the Creep, so I'll continue down that, is hearing people's, I know that Greg will sometimes, when somebody comes on the podcast for the first time, have them rattle off you know, their top horror movies of all time, and you know, usually puts them on the spot, and they're like, uh, right. let me check my letterbox. Uh But I love that kind of thing. It's, it's always fun to me. You'll hear a lot of the same ones on like most people's top five will have you know either halloween or texas chancellor on it but then they'll have some weird one that only they would have in their top 10 uh which is what i love so that's what i'm looking right. forward to hearing from you guys uh for what i'm looking forward to hearing what our guests have to say um but uh yeah that's it, it'll be a fun episode a, a great way to celebrate the 100 episodes we've had so far and all the people that have joined us along the way Um, So I'm looking to make that the best episode so far and uh, really looking forward to it. But I I think this is a strong episode 99 leading Mm -hmm. up to to 200 because we're getting some viewer engagement in here. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's always exciting.
1: All righty, buddy. Well, before we uh, sign off, where can they find you online?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Kane underscore hero12. That's K A I N E underscore hero12. Uh, you can find my letterbox and YouTube links from there. And yeah, uh, as we said earlier, check out the Patreon because I'm seeing Scream Five this week. I'm seeing the new Texas Chainsaw this week, and we're probably going to uh, do reviews of those depending on how much we have to say. If if nothing else, you can check out my letterbox and see my reviews on there. Um, but uh, probably won't be as detailed as a podcast. But um, yeah, yeah. You can another see that there. another
1: reason to, to uh, become a Patreon supporter. Yeah. Because yes, we do do bonus episodes there. We've even got,
0: we've got a uh, we've got commentaries on there, right? Commentary of Demon Wind. You can check that out if you want to. I've got a backlog of of unlisted YouTube videos on there and short film so you can check that out there's lots of content there i mean if you sign up you only have to sign up for one month and you can see everything basically so um just any amount would help and yeah help me buy more ramen noodles to keep myself alive through film school, um, but uh, yeah, because I, I'm I'm I've got a, a physical media addiction and I've got a girlfriend, which is not a good combination to have <laughs> when you're in film school. So you know, just chucking uh, a buck if you can, that would that would really be great.
1: You let me take care of the physical media and don't go crazy with the girlfriend. And so I can't I, promise anything. <laughs> I I can be found on Twitter and Letterbox at at Pastor Matt R. And so thanks for listening. So Jackson, say goodbye
0: to the good people. Goodbye. And remember to vote. Make your vote count uh, in this academy. And uh, no mail-in ballots. That's right. All right. Until next
1: time, remember, the family that watches horror together slays together.
0: Once again, I want to thank our Patreon supporters who make this podcast possible, Billy D, Greg Russell, Stefan Sitter, Raul Rivera, Ryan Bratton, Greg and Pearl from Land of the Creeps, James McFeeters, Ian West, Ashley Pinkard, Ian Urza, Brian Scott, Dan George, Dave Becker, Kevin Corby, Jonathan Edge, Blake Pops, Joel Robertson, Amy Swan, Trey Whetstone, and Greg Bench. Thank you all so much. Thank you for the continued support. Once again, you make this podcast possible, and I'm eternally grateful. That's, that's part of the charm of the father in so much. When yes.
1: Yes, the, the puppies. So. Yeah.